What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sean Jones NBA Show. The playoffs are finally here. Uh, the games kicked off on this last uh, Saturday, this past weekend. Uh, recording this on Monday, so there has been a few games. Uh, but the main agenda today is just to go through my playoff predictions and picks. Um, I know some of the games and series have already started, uh, but I, in good faith, uh, made my predictions beforehand. Um, there's not really going to be anything that would have changed anyway after one game in a series. So uh, with that being said, let's get right into it. So, as I said, I do want to preface, I know there's been one game played in every uh, series so far, but I did make my picks before the game started, just hadn't had time to actually sit down and record. Um, and none of the game ones affect any of my picks. Um, we've seen some weird game ones happen in the past anyway that are not indicative of how the series will play out. I know specifically the Orlando Magic in back-to-back years beat the uh, Bucks who went on to win it all, and then the year before the Raptors who went on to win it all in back-to-back years in the first round, um, and they lost in five both those series. So it happens, um, especially when there's long layoffs for teams. Um, I even think I remember in the bubble the um, Lakers when they won it all, they lost first round uh, in the first game to the Blazers, and then the second round lost first uh, game as well uh, to the Rockets before winning four straight in both those series. So. Game ones tend to be a little wonky just because it's kind of a feel-out game sometimes. And also, like I said, there could be longer layoffs for one team over another. So sometimes it takes them a little bit of time to get back into a rhythm. I also do want to keep in mind, obviously, there were some big injuries yesterday that could affect the series, most notably Giannis and John Morant. Um, I think Giannis is listed as, um, well, I don't think they've listed him as anything, but they were saying they're optimistic. I know they have a couple extra days off between their, um, yesterday and their next game. So um, I have a pretty good feeling that he'll be able to go, um, which makes you think it's not necessarily a long-term issue unless it were to come back up. But the John Morant one looked a little bit more concerning. He already had his hand wrapped, and it was the same hand that he injured when he fell, and it just didn't really look good when it happened. But for the point of this, I will assume health. So I my picks were made with the idea that both Giannis and Jao will be fully healthy. Obviously, um, if those were to not be true, then my picks probably would change. But um, just getting into the picks now. So starting off in the East, I'm going to go all through the East, then all through the West. Um, the first series being the Bucks versus the Heat. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this series. I know the Heat won game one, but um, I, e- even with that, I don't think they have much of a chance to actually win the series, especially with Ty- Tyler Harrow also being out for the series. They just have a significant talent deficiency here. Um, Bam and Jimmy have been great all year, but Lowry's been really bad this year. Now Tyler Harrow's out for the year. Um, and they've just had a simply terrible shooting year as a team. Um, they shot 34% from three this year, which was 27th in the NBA after being actually first in the NBA last year at 38%. So major aggression there. And it wasn't super surprising when you look at their roster construction. They've just got too many low-level talent players. Uh, among their top 12 players in minutes played this season, seven of them were undrafted, which that's just unheard of. That's half the roster. Max Struess, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Haywood Highsmith, Duncan Robinson, Orlando Robinson, Dwayne Dedman. I don't even think Dedman's on the team anymore, but regardless, <laughs> they only have five players in their rotation that 
were drafted, and it's Bam, Jimmy, Lowry, Harrow, and Oladipo. And only Harrow and Bam have actually been drafted in the last 10 years. Um, they've had some clearly had some issues drafting or at least retaining talent. Um, and they've been sort of resorting to finding diamonds in the rough like those undrafted guys or acquiring aging stars like Kevin Love, who's obviously past his prime. Oladipo's totally washed at this point. Lowry, who appears to be washed as well, um, despite a good game in the plan. Um, and then Jimmy Butler, who's really the only one who's not clearly past his prime. But um, obviously they did win game one. Um, a lot of that is probably just because the Bucks didn't game plan to not have Giannis. I think if they don't have Giannis for game two, they still easily can win because they'll actually have a good game plan for it. Um, also, the Bucks run a long layoff, or um, and they've had issues winning game ones in the past, like I mentioned with uh, uh, Orlando. Um, they lost game one the year they won the whole thing. Um, I don't. I'm not sure they won. Uh, maybe they beat Atlanta game one, but. They lost to Orlando game one. They lost to the Nets second round in game one. They lost to the Suns game one. So they're not typically a very game a good team in game one, so I'm not worried. But I think the Bucks will bounce back. I think even if they don't have Giannis for a game or two, um, they'll still win. We've seen them win in the playoffs without them when they beat the Hawks a few years ago when he did get hurt. Um, and ultimately, um, I just think the talent discrepancy is just too big, even without Giannis. So I have the Bucks winning this series in six games and advancing to the semifinals. Up next, we have the Celtics and the Hawks. I think this is probably the least exciting first-round series of all of them. Um, I just don't trust the Hawks one bit. I mean, they've been hovering around 500 all season long. They're too bad defensively. They were 22nd in the league this year there. Trey Young has been just wildly inconsistent shooting the ball offensively this year. Super inefficient. And also, I mean, there's rumblings this could be his <laughs> last uh, series or even last few games as a member of the Hawks. Um, but it's really just a bad matchup for them too. I mean, the Celtics just have way too much fire firepower. Um, they have the first best player and at least the third best player. You could argue they've got the top two, depending on how you feel about Brown and Trey young. Um, on top of that, they also have the deeper team. They're the more experienced team. Um, and the Celtics can switch just about anybody on Trey on, on the pick and roll. Um, and they they can defend it with like five different guys, and they'll all do a good job. So I just think it's a bad matchup all around. I don't really see any reason to think Atlanta has a chance. Um, I think maybe they could get a game, <laughs> but that's it. I think the Hawks have a way better chance of getting swept than they do um, of this thing even going like seven games. So uh, with that, I will be taking the Celtics uh, in a clean sweep in four, um, and they will advance to the second round as well. Next, we've got the Sixers and the Nets. I also do not think this series is going to be very exciting. Um, next, Nets looked pretty good. Or sorry, the Sixers looked pretty good in game one. Um, the Nets just don't have the talent to match up with this team in a seven-game series. Um, they're really only here because of the record that this team inherited from when they had Kevin Durant. I mean, they were below 500 after the trade deadline. Um, so I'm not sure they would have even made the playoffs with this team for a full season. And at the very least, they probably would have been a play-in team. Um, and they're going to need everything they can get out of Mikael Bridges to even make it interesting. He's really the um, only reliable shot creator scorer outside of maybe Dinwiddie. Um, but Dinwiddie clearly isn't someone you can count on as a go-to guy in the playoffs, despite what he may think, um, based on his, his back and forth with Kyle Kuzma. Um but uh, I do think the Sixers have the ability to make this a series a little more interesting than it needs to be. Um, 
they just have a tendency to do that. I mean, if you look at last year when they played the Raptors, it took them uh, six games to beat them um, after they were up 3-0, and then they lost two straight. So I could see the Nets getting a game, maybe two if they're lucky. Um, but I think Embiid's obviously going to be too much. And so with that, I will be picking the Sixers in five games to, uh, to go to the second round and face the Celtics. Next, we've got the Cavs and the Knicks. Um, this should be a really fun series. Um, we saw the Knicks take game one in Cleveland. But the Cavs have been much more consistent all season long. They're much better defensively. Uh, but the Knicks have probably more experience overall. I mean, outside of Mitchell, only three guys in their entire rotation have even played a minute in the playoffs. That's Ricky Rubio, Jared Allen, and Karis LeVert. But none of them have even won a series before. So Mitchell's the only one who's even won a playoff series before. And it's not like... His Utah Jazz teams had like a phenomenal track record. I mean, they were kind of that team that always was good in the regular season and kind of flamed out in the playoffs. So I do think the Knicks are also a bit deeper of a team. Uh, the Cavs were looking pretty thin in game one, uh, particularly. But ultimately, I do think this year is going to come down to two main things. Um, one is that the Cavs just have a bona fide top 20 player and the Knicks don't. Uh, it's really hard to win in the playoffs if, if you don't have a top 20 guy or at least a borderline one. I mean, some could argue that Brunson or um, Randall are, but I personally don't think they're quite at that level. I think um, maybe they're not too far off. I mean, they both had all-star type seasons, both have a chance at making All-NBA this year. I think Randall probably will. I don't think Brunson will, but that's more just because the guard position is very deep. But regardless, Mitchell has a good chance of being first-team All-NBA. He's been a perennial All-Star um, and a borderline All-NBA guy for a few years now. We've seen him take over playoff series in the past. So you know what you're getting with him. And then the second reason is just that the Knicks have too many guys that scare me in late-game situations. I mean, R.J. Barrett, I don't even know what's happened to him. Um, he's unplayable at times. I mean, he was one for seven in game one. He's been crazy and efficient this year overall. I mean, his advanced stats are some of the worst I've seen for a guy who uh, gets as many touches as he does. He was 34% true shooting this year. He's uh, below 52% for his career. Um, his career offensive win shares is zero. That's a cumulative stat. So he's accumulated zero despite being in the league for... Um, what is it, four, four years now? Um, he's got a negative 10 net rating for his career. He's got negative uh, box plus minus. He, he's just been awful <laughs> um, across the board. And, and I'm not sure he has anything that he's actually good at. Uh, he's got to, the tools defensively to be good, but he just doesn't give consistent effort, effort there all the time. He's a very bad volume shooter. Um, statistically, he's a, one of the worst finishers at the rim as well. He doesn't create for others at all. Um, he's got a questionable basketball IQ. And most importantly, I just don't think he has actually like meaningfully improved since his second season. And even that year, we saw him um, struggle in the playoffs. So, And then Randall. I mean, he has more turnovers than assists in clutch time this year. Um, his playoff splits, splits for his career are 31% from the field, 33% from three. Um, he's averaging more turnovers than assists, five turnovers, turnovers per game in his playoff career. And I really just don't trust his decision um, decision making late in games. And maybe if Brunson controls the late game situations well and can make sure Randall doesn't get the ball too much, um, I think it could be interesting for sure. Um, and that's what happened in game one. I mean, Brunson was really um, taking over down the stretch and orchestrating the the offense late game. 
Um, but ultimately, I do think the Cavs supporting cast will be better than it was uh, in game one. And I just trust their guys more on both ends of the floor collectively. So I do think the Cavs will bounce back. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this went seven games or so, but I will pick the Cavs to win in six games. Um, I think they just had one of their worst performances all year, and I don't think that's going to continue necessarily. So now we move into the second round, and those Cavaliers will be playing the Bucks. Um, I think this could be a fun series. Uh, I think the Cavs uh, can make it somewhat interesting. And it'll be really fun to watch Mobley try to guard Giannis. I think he's uh, one of the better defensive matchups you can put on him for any team across the league. But ultimately, I think the Bucks just have way too much talent and experience to make this like a legitimately contested series. I think the Bucks' defense is too good for the Cavs' offense, and I worry that they're just going to be too reliant on Mitchell for them to actually win the series. He'll probably have to play a little bit hero ball, which we've seen him done, do in series in the past, and it's not led to a ton of success. Um, also, I think the Cavs are still probably a year away or a, a piece away from competing with the top teams in the East. They really need to upgrade the small forward position or just get a few extra guys on the wing. Um, Okoro and Levert have just not been reliable. Um, down the stretch in a lot of games, and they certainly weren't in game one of the series against the Knicks. Um, but really, I mean, I think losing second round of the Bucks should still be a major success for them in the grand scheme of things. Um, they hadn't made the playoffs since LeBron left before this, um, and they have the talent, the infrastructure, the continuity to compete for years to come. So, uh, But with that said, I will take the Bucks to win in six games. Um, I feel like this could be one of those lopsided six games where like the Bucks go up 3-1 and then the, the Cavs win game five, but then it ends up being six. Um, so it, never really in doubt, but I think the Cavs will get at least one, maybe two from um, the Bucks. Then we've got the Celtics versus the Sixers in the second round. This should be an awesome series. Um, could definitely go either way from a talent perspective. Both teams have a bona fide top 10 player uh, in Embiid and Tatum. Uh, Embiid is one of the most likely players to uh, win the MVP this season, and Tatum is certainly in the discussion. He's probably going to finish fourth. Um, they both have legitimately proven number twos in Jalen Brown and James Harden, um, and both have very solid complementary role players. Uh, Tyrus Maxey, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Derek White, Marcus Smart. Um, really what it comes down to for me is I just trust the Celtics way more because we've seen it way more. Um these two cores uh, for these teams have played in the playoffs twice. And the Celtics, not only did they win both series, um, that being in 2018 and 2021, um, but they only lost one game in the series combined. Uh, <laughs> the Celtics went 8-1, uh, 1-5 one, one once and swept them another time. And really, the Celtics, I mean, they've made the finals just last year. They've made four Eastern Conference Finals in six years. Um, meanwhile, the Sixers have not made a Conference Finals in the Embiid era, and they're yet to beat a team in the playoffs that even has a top 15 guy on the team. And Tatum, you could argue, is close to top five guy. Um, they've also choked away series when they've had more talent in the past, obviously losing to the Hawks a few years ago. Um and then losing to the Heat last year. I know the Heat were the one seed, but I mean, we I just talked about the talent discrepancy with them, and they had a lot of these same guys last year. And then back in 2018 when they lost to the Celtics the first time, that Celtics team had no Kyrie Irving, no Gordon Hayward. Um, that was rookie season, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, um, <laughs> Al Horford. It was just a lot of 
uh, role players, and, and Jalen Brown wasn't nearly what he is now either. So definitely on paper, the Sixers had, had a better team. Um, and then Harden and Duck Rivers, and even Embiid in, in to an extent, specifically have a history of coming up small in the playoffs. I think Embiid less so than the other two guys. We know how bad Harden has been at times, and Duck Rivers has blown more leads than just about any coach in NBA history. Um, but I just can't in good will pick the Sixers to win a series like this until I actually see that they've done it or that they're capable of doing so. Um, I still think it'll be a fun series and I'm looking forward to um, them hopefully meeting, but uh, I will pick the Celtics in six um, to move to the conference finals and face the Bucks. So in those conference finals, um, this was an awesome series last year, even without Middleton uh, between the Bucks and Celtics. And people forget how close the Bucks were to winning. I mean, they were up. Uh, they won Game One in Boston and made Boston look really bad. Uh, they went up two to one, and they even led three to two with a chance to win the series at home in Game Six. Uh, and that took a forty-six point performance from Jason Tatum to extend the series. That was maybe one of his best series, or sorry, best games of his career. Um, and I think this series will be just as fun as the one last year. I think both teams are better than they were last year. I think Boston. Um, with the addition of Malcolm Brogdon, just adds a whole other element to their game. Derek White's having a significantly better season than he's had, or than he had last year. And then Tatum and Brown are both just better than they were. Um, Tatum's a little more consistent. Brown upped his uh, play uh, just just a notch higher than what he was last year. Um, and while they haven't been as great defensively as they were last year, they still have the same personnel to be great there. So I'm not going to say that. Um, they're incapable of doing that. We haven't seen it as consistently, but they have had some guys banged up with Robert Williams and Marcus Smart. But Robert Williams was banged up a bit last year too, so we can't totally um, just say that that's the reason. And then for the Bucks, I mean, they should have Chris Middleton back. He had a very good game one in the playoffs so far this year. Uh, Brooke Lopez is having uh, one of his better seasons, probably his best one with the Bucks. Um, and they've got a better supporting cast. I mean, they didn't have Jay Crowder last year. They didn't have Joe Ingles. They've got Javon Carter. Um, they've just got more options. Last year, they were forced to play Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton extended minutes, and Allen really got um, abused on the defensive end. And I think if that's happening, um, they can just take him out and put in Ingles or Crowder, whereas last year they didn't have that option. Um, and it really did hurt them defensively, which is why Tatum probably had such a great series last year. And seriously, this could really go either way. Um, I've been in on the Bucks all year long, though, so I'm not going to waver on that. Um, they'll have game seven at home this year. We're still not quite sure how Joe Mazzulla will handle some playoff adversity. We know that um, Ime Yudoka handled it very well, um, but we've seen some somewhat questionable um, decisions from Mazzulla over the past few months. Um, and Giannis, to me, is just too damn good to bet against with a full-strength team, so I am going to pick the Bucks to win in seven um, with game seven at home to make the... NBA Finals, um, and obviously I'll pick Giannis as my Eastern Conference Finals MVP as they did start um, handing out that award last season. So so now moving over to the West, the uh, first series I'm going to start off with is the Nuggets versus T-Wolves. I think this is going to be a very quick series. Uh, I think the Wolves are really going to miss Jaden McDaniels as a perimeter defender outside of Anthony Edwards. They don't really have anybody reliable there. Um, Guys like Tareen Prince, Kyle Anderson will try their best, but they're not the defender that McDaniels is. We've also seen Gobert struggle in the playoffs year after year after year. And we've seen him struggle against Denver, too. I mean, if you look at 2020 in the bubble, 
Jamal Murray ate this guy alive. I mean, that was literally the best basketball he's ever played in his life, and it was uh, <laughs> off pick and rolls with Gobert switched on to him. So Anthony Edwards still, he's really good, but he's still inconsistent enough where he's going to have a stinker or two in any given series. I mean, we saw how bad he was against the Lakers in the play-in. That was really, really bad. Um, and we've seen him look really good in the playoffs too. So he, he certainly can, can do both, um, but I think when he's overmatched against a clearly better team, those games tend to happen a little bit more. And then Cat, he can be great for two quarters, and then he'll inevitably make a, a series of bonehead plays that'll end up costing them a lead or blowing a game. So um, still yet to see him not do that in big games. So uh, again, I just don't really trust them. I also think they don't have the depth that uh, they need. With Nas Reed and McDaniels out, those are big losses to very key rotation guys. Um, and I think the Nuggets will be comfortable, loose, well-rested. They looked really good last night beating them in game one. Um, I think they got a real home court advantage with the altitude thing, especially against a less talented team and an injured team. Um, might have to have guys play extended minutes. Um, and they've also had to play a ton more games recently. I mean, the Nuggets basically had a week off and the Wolves had to play two games because of the, the play-in, and they just played Friday night, so there was really only one day off um, when the Nuggets had a full week. I think the Wolves could get a game. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a sweep. I will, out of respect for the talent of Edwards and Towns, um, give them one game and say that the Nuggets will beat them in five. Next, moving on to the Grizzlies versus the Lakers, and this was probably the most interesting first-round matchup, in my opinion, going in. So, Two very different teams just in how they got there. The Grizzlies have been a top two team in the West for two straight years now. Uh, they are super young. They've been very consistent. They rely heavily on continuity. Um, and they know their formula. They play good defense. Um, they let Jaw do his thing. Um, and they play discipline. They're well coached. Um, outside of maybe Dylan Brooks. Um, but yeah, they've got a lot of guys that know their role and, and, and they're good at their role. Whereas with the Lakers, we've got an older team built around two superstars that are about as fragile as they come over the past few years. Um, and they've been on the outside looking in of the playoffs for almost two full years now until their hot streak uh, post-deadline. And they've had some weird roster constructions in the past and a ton of injuries, but they finally have a group that looks really good together. Um, and they finally have their top guys healthy at the same time, which they haven't had in a long time. Um I genuinely think this series could go in any direction, and I wouldn't be surprised. I think either team could win in five. I think either team could win in six. Either team could win in seven. Sweep either way might be a little surprising, but I think it's going to be back and forth either way. Um, I don't think we're going to see a team go up 3-0 or anything like that. Um, but I will say the Ja Moran injury could change everything. I want to preface all of this and say if he's out for even one more game and the Grizzlies lose game two at home, I think they are totally cooked. Um, they just don't have enough offense or firepower without him. Um, and it's going to be really hard to come back from down 2-0 with both games one and two at home. Um, but for the purpose of this argument, I will assume he plays. I Like I said, before anyone comes for me, <laughs> I just want to say I'm only, this is contingent on Ja being healthy. I told you I made these picks before the first game, so... Um, but I do think that this will be an interesting matchup uh, for a, a number of other reasons as well. Just because the Grizzlies don't have Steven Adams or Brandon Clark, um, they're going to be really reliant on Jaron Jackson Jr., who was phenomenal in Game 1. 
Um, but he's kind of a foul machine, um, not just this year, um, but really throughout his whole career. And the Lakers draw more fouls than basically any team in the league, uh, which obviously bodes well for um, the Lakers. But ultimately, I am going to pick Memphis um, again, assuming Ja is healthy. But I do not feel good about it. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't feel good either way. This was the hardest series for me to pick personally. Um, like I said, I could really see any result. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I am going to roll with the continuity and the defense that Memphis has. And because I'm still terrified that the Lakers are one injury away from also being totally cooked. I mean, we already had that scare with Anthony Davis in game one where he said he couldn't feel his arm. Um, I also am not sure if LeBron's truly 100%. He's not been being very aggressive recently. Um, he didn't really do much in game one. It's not that he was bad. He just like was kind of letting other guys do the thing, which I'm sure was intentional because other guys were playing well. But um, obviously we know we came back from the foot thing and a lot of people were assuming that it was maybe more serious than we thought. Um, but with that, I will pick the Grizzlies to win in seven uh, with game seven on their home court. I do think they have one of the better home court advantages in the NBA. They have the best home record in the league this year. Um, again, contingent on job playing. Um, I would definitely would pick the Lakers if um, Ja even misses game two. I mean, unless the Grizzlies are able to win but I, that game, but I doubt they would. Um, but I will pick the Grizzlies moving on to round two. I think the Lakers hype has been a little too much. Um, I, I like their team. I just think that it, it's going to be tough to uh, like the Grizzlies are just really good too. So um, I just want to give them the respect that I think that they have deserved. Next, I will move to the Kings and the Warriors. Um, this should also be a super exciting series, uh, especially from a just fun-to-watch perspective. Uh, we got Mike Brown versus his old team for the past few years. Um, we've got two of the best offenses in the league. The Kings were the best in the NBA. The Warriors were eighth, but we know what they are capable um, even beyond that. Um, and the Kings have been probably the best feel-good story in the league this year. They're... Uh, <laughs> the reward for that is playing the defending champion. So a um, little bit of a tough draw for them, in my opinion. Um, and I think I'm a little lower than most on both of these teams, as far as them being like legit playoff contenders. Um, the Kings, it's just, it's not even about the lack of experience, which they obviously don't have much. It's more just that they're really bad defensively. Uh, and I just, that concerns me. I mean, they were 25th in the league this year. Historically, that is just not a recipe for success in the playoffs. You could maybe win a series with that, but it's it's just not sustainable. It really has nothing else to do with them. I like their team overall. I think they're fun. Um, I, was, I wasn't as high as this on them coming into the year, but I was higher than most on them coming into the year. I thought they would contend for a playoff spot, but they're just too bad on defense. I, I You just don't see teams 25th in the league win playoff series that often. Um, and then with the Warriors, I just do not trust how consistently mediocre they've been all year. I mean, I don't think you can be this mid on defense, this awful on the road, this mediocre all year long, um, no matter who is in their lineup, too. I know there's all this this narrative that of Steph missed time, but if you look at their record with and without Steph, it's identical. They're mediocre with him. They're mediocre without him. Um, but I just don't see how you can expect them to just turn on the playoffs for um, after being so mediocre all year. You need to have some level of consistently good play during the season, even if it's just for a month. Um, like maybe if they had a month where they went fifteen and five, and then they were mediocre the rest of the year, then sure, yeah, we've seen it. We've seen some sample size. We've seen none this year. I mean, they were ten and ten. They were twenty and twenty. They were thirty and thirty. 
Um, they finished the season a little bit better, but um, we just haven't seen any consistency from them. Um, so I've kind of been a non-believer believer in this team uh, because of all these things. And then also Jordan Poole just has not been very good. Wiggins is still not fully ramped up. Clay is still as streaky as it gets. Um, with that said, I know someone does have to win the series. <laughs> um, and I think both these teams are dangerous like in a given game. It's just about the sustained success just because I... We haven't seen either of them put together consistent play. For the Kings, I just mean on the defensive end. Um, for the Warriors overall. But unfortunately, I, I th- unfortunately for the Kings, I think the longer that this series goes, the more it's going to favor the Warriors. Um, and it's just because experience. Um, unfortunately, they're as experienced as anyone. And the Kings have lit- literally none. They're the least experienced in terms of just where this franchise has been for the past 15 years. Um, and unfortunately for the Kings, I think it is destined to go long. I think it's going to be back and forth. Um, I think it's probably going to go seven games. And I think the Warriors, despite all of their road struggles, uh, their experience is going to be too much. And they'll, they'll win game seven on the road in Sacramento. I just think in a winner-take-all game, if I know what the road record says. I just have to pick the Warriors over the, the Kings with the experience discrepancy. Um, with that being said, I, again, I don't think either of these teams are legit, legit contenders, but um, I do have the Warriors winning in a very, very fun and long series. Up next, we've got the Suns and the Clippers. Um, so no Paul George in the series. I just want to say up front, that's a huge difference maker for me. If he was playing, this would be a total toss-up, and I genuinely might pick the Clippers. Um, I think this Clippers team, if they had had Paul George, was one of the teams that I was – um, high on in the West. I, I thought they had as good a chance to make the finals as anybody. And I think they'd really be a tough out for the Eastern Conference teams as well. Um, and honestly, the Clippers have been kind of an annoying team over the past few years for the Suns, um, even when they've been missing a player, which they usually have been. Obviously, George and Kawhi haven't played that many games together. And the 2021 Western Conference Finals was a perfect example. I mean, the Suns had way more talent. It was just Paul George, and I mean, their second most reliable offensive player was Reggie Jackson, who just can't even get on the floor now. And it still went six games. Um, the Suns really had no business uh, <laughs> conceding two games there, especially when they really almost lost game two at home, if not for the the Valley Oop. Um, so that could have went seven potentially too. And Kawhi's just been playing out of his mind. I mean, he's maybe been the best player in all of basketball in the last month. And at this point, I I think we just we have to treat him how he was pre-injury, which was a top five player in the league, um, at least in that discussion. And he was that good in game one as well. Also, Ty Lue is just so – he's such a damn good playoff coach. Um, I think he's up there. I might even take him first and just who I'd want. He's just his, – his ability to make adjustments. Um, he doesn't mess around with rotations like a lot of coaches do. Um, and they've just got a ton of depth and options to throw at the Suns. Um, but ultimately, the Suns are loaded with talent, obviously, uh, with Durant, Booker, Aiden, Chris Paul. Um, the lack of continuity concerns me a little bit. I mean, they've only played eight games together. Um, their defense actually has been very good uh, with Durant, but their offense has just been pretty clunky at times. Um, and that's exactly what we saw in game one. But um, I don't think it's going to be an easy series for the Suns, but I do think that they'll figure it out offensively and their talent will win out. I think losing game one might be a good wake-up call for them, that they need to tighten the rotation a little bit, focus a little bit more on um, 
running a, <laughs> a better offense and just a better game plan across the board. So, But I will take the Suns in six games. I would not be surprised if it went seven, honestly. Um, out of respect for Kawhi and Ty Lue, I mean, that's just as good of a star and coach pairing as we have as, in, as anyone in the playoffs right now. Then in the second round, we've got the Nuggets versus Suns. I think this will be an awesome series. It's the Western favorite in Vegas versus the best team in the West all year long. Um, and I, th- I believe these are the top two uh, favorites in Vegas as well. So, And the Nuggets have had a great year. But the Suns actually have played Jokic pretty well historically. Um, he's been on record saying that Aiton is actually one of the tougher matchups he's had. Um, and obviously they played in the playoffs a few years ago. Uh, and the Suns swept him. I know there was no Murray, but um, I don't know if Murray's making that much of a difference. And there was also no KD on the Suns. So it's a, <laughs> obviously different teams. But um, I know a lot of people knock the Suns for their depth, but the Nuggets is probably even worse. I mean, for, on their bench outside of Bruce Brown, who do they really have? DeAndre Jordan just cannot be playable. Reggie Jackson has just been god-awful, and he's been losing minutes. And then... That really just leaves a 36-year-old Jeff Green and then two rookies in Christian Brown and Peyton Watson, um, which I don't really trust any of those guys. Um, And I think the Suns' top four is better than the Nuggets' top four. But then if you look down the line, the Suns' depth is probably a bit better too. Um, So I also just think this could be a bad matchup for Denver just because they play the drop defense with Jokic and... That is the Suns' forte. They eat that stuff alive uh, because they they love shooting the mid-range, and that's what that kind of defense uh, tries to make the opponent do. And that's exactly what the Suns want to do with Durant, Paul, and and Booker. So um, I also have had concerns about the Nuggets' defense all year long. It's been mediocre at best. It's been middle of the pack most of the season. Earlier in the year, it was actually on the lower end. Um, and the Suns have actually been really good on that end with Durant. So in the play- in the playoffs, defense is one of those things that always travels. Um, it's a lot easier to be consistent on that end if you're good there, um, whereas on offense, you can have off-shooting nights. Um, so I, I like the Suns' defense a lot more than the Nuggets' defense. I like their depth a little bit more, and I think they've got more overall star power. So with that being said, I will take these Suns in six uh, to knock off the Nuggets and make the... Uh, Western Conference Finals. Then on the other side of the bracket, we've got the Grizzlies versus the Warriors. This is a rematch of last year, um, but the Grizzlies do have another year of experience under their belt. Um, the Warriors are not exactly the powerhouse that they were last year in terms of on-court performance. And I've already said my piece on the Warriors and how I think that they just don't have the juice this year. Um, and I think this is where they finally lose to Western Conference team. I know they've had this... Uh, annoying thing where they haven't lost to a West team in the playoffs with their core. Uh, I think this is where their road ends. And people forget that Memphis could have beaten them last year uh, before Ja got hurt. I mean, they were one play away from going up to, uh, 2-0 um, after barely losing game one. And they beat them by 39 points without Ja. So the Grizzlies have experience playing this team. They know they can beat them. Um, and I think they think they can beat them in a series. I think it'll be a hard-fought series. Uh, I just, as I said, I don't trust Golden State much this year. Um, I could be proven wrong. I'll, I'll say this. If the Warriors go on, <laughs> on another deep run, then I I will give this bid up. Because I said this about the Warriors last year. Um, but I think things kind of fell into their lap a bit. I think Ja got hurt second round. Um, they played the Nuggets when they didn't have Murray. Um, I think they got lucky. Not saying the Suns would have beat them necessarily, but... Uh, the Mavs were a much easier matchup for them. 
Um, and then I think the Celtics were a much easier matchup for them than the Bucks would have been with uh, Middleton. So I thought they had a they they caught some breaks. Um, so but if they do it again this year, I'll, I'll just how can you not pick them every year until they lose <laughs> after that? Um, and again, this is all contingent on John Morant playing. If John Morant does not play, then I, the Lakers will beat the Grizzlies, and I'd have to repick that series, but. I might pick the probably pick the Lakers over the Warriors in that case, um, but we'd have to see. But I have the Grizzlies advancing in seven games uh, to the Western Conference Finals to play the Suns. And in that series, Suns versus Grizzlies in the Western Conference Finals, uh, this is where I do think the Grizzlies will just run out of gas a little bit in terms of their talent and depth issues catching up to them. Suns will have two of the top three guys. You could argue the top two, depending on how you feel with Booker and Morant. Um, but with all the injuries the Grizzlies have, I they just don't have a ton of depth right now, especially um, among their their front court. This also has been a pretty good matchup for the Suns in the past because uh, they don't shoot a ton of threes, so they're often conceding points in, in that particular matchup. But the Grizzlies are one of the worst shooting teams. They were 23rd in the league uh, percentage-wise this year at 35%. Um, so the Suns won't actually be at a huge disadvantage there where they normally are. Um and I could see this series not being super close, honestly. Um, I think the Nuggets and Clippers both are tougher matchups for the Suns um, as opposed to the Grizzlies. The Suns beat the Grizzlies twice this year like without a ton of their guys. Um, I don't think that they're like worried about them necessarily. Um, and they'll probably put Brooks on Durant, I would imagine. So I do have Booker getting the Western Conference Finals MVP just because I don't know who's going to be able to guard him. They'll probably put Desmond Bain on him, but he's an average defender at best, probably. So with that, I do have the Suns winning in six games and advancing to their second finals in the past three seasons, um, which ultimately I think makes the Durant trade a good decision overall and um, absolutely worth it, even if even if they aren't to win in the finals. So moving to the finals, Bucks versus Suns. This is a rematch of the 2021 finals. And the Bucks look mostly the same. They've got some bench pieces switched out. No P.J. Tucker. They've added Jay Crowder, Joe Ingles, uh, a few other guys, obviously. But the Suns look quite different now. Obviously, they have Kevin Durant. They've got a lot less depth than they had, uh, losing Bridges and Crowder and Cam Johnson. And they also have an older and, to put it quite honestly, <laughs> a lot worse Chris Paul than they had in that series. The Suns uh, have way less options to throw at Giannis this time defensively. Before, they could go Crowder, Aiton, Bridges, Johnson, Torrey Craig. Now all they really have is Aiton or Torrey Craig as legitimate options. So I guess you could put KD to, on him, but that's a pretty tough ask for a guy that likely is going to be your leading scorer. Also, Drew Holiday gives Booker way more problems than probably anybody in the whole league. I know Booker did have two 40-point games in the finals uh, when they played last, but he also had a few stinkers, and Holiday locked him up in key moments late in the game, um, getting defensive stops or steals, stripping the ball. Um, and I think this is going to be a really hard uh, ask for the Suns to win the whole thing in their first iteration of this team. It just doesn't happen very often, especially not when it's a mid-season acquisition like this, and especially not when it's only been eight games. And a third, especially when it's not the, your best player that you're getting in, in the midseason acquisition. So 
Um, I think they'll be able to get by on talent through the Western Conference because there's not a, a clear other dominant team. But I do think this is where their run will end as they'll come up against, honestly, a pretty equally talented group uh, with way more continuity playing together and experience. Um, and because of that, I do think the Bucks will win. Um, I think it's a six-game series, but I don't know if it's going to feel nearly as close as the series they last played. Um, if you recall, the Suns had a really, really good shot at winning Game 4 and Game 5. Um, and honestly, they were in it in Game 6, too. Um, but I could see this being a not-that-close six-game series. And ultimately, I think the Bucks will win. Giannis will get his second Finals MVP. And as I said preseason, I think that this pushes Giannis into the clear-cut top 20 player all-time. I mean, he would have two uh, Finals MVPs two regular season MVPs, a Defensive Player of the Year award, and he's not even 30 yet. Uh, that That's just ridiculous resume to have at that point, and he's got a lot of time to go to add to it. Um, but yeah, right now I think you have to put him in that uh, 15-ish range, and he's got an opportunity to get up to um, the top 10 at some point in his career, seriously, if he keeps winning and s- sustains this level of success. He also is just the clear... Um, successor of LeBron in terms of just the best player in the world. And just because they don't win it every year doesn't mean they're not the best player in the world that year. It just means maybe something happened. I know that gets thrown around a lot, but I think Giannis, especially if he wins it this year, um, there's not really going to be much of a debate, um, especially if you see that Luka missed the playoffs. Um, I have a bead losing second round, Jokic losing second round, um, Durant, going to the finals, but I again, I, I just think that, especially if he beats him head-to-head, there's not going to be a lot of guys that have a legitimate argument up against Giannis, um, and the crown will rightfully so be his. That's going to do it for my playoff picks and predictions. We will see how they pan out. Um, as I said, there's a lot of injuries that could change things, and that's what happens most playoffs um, throughout history. I mean, it, no team has ever won the championship without getting a little bit of injury injury luck, whether it be health for their team or injuries for the teams they play or the teams that they never have to play because they get hurt. Um, but with that being said, I'll probably do uh, another episode um, within the next week or two uh, once the first round series start to come to a close or they get later. Obviously, if we've hopefully got some six uh, game sixes and game sevens coming up. That'll be awesome. We'll definitely look forward to discussing that with y'all. But um, with that being said, thanks so much for listening. um, And I will chat with you soon.